Welcome to The Men's Show, where we have discussions, debates, uh, and usually drinks about theology, philosophy, the church, and life. Today, I've got David Ulenhake. Did I get that right? Yep. Got it right. Uh, and then we've got Nick Delatore, and then I'm your host, Kevin Jory. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how to become a stronger man, uh, physically and spiritually, uh, how to take getting humbled when you try something new, uh, and the value of having a group of brothers to lean on. So, so valuable. if you want to put some hair on your chest, mm. don't go anywhere. I don't think Alina would appreciate if I got any more hair on my chest. I don't know if that means that you have a lot of hair or no hair. And I'm a little scared to ask. I could just show it. I'm not going to do that. Well, in the spirit of Peter Range, if you caught, you know, that other episode where we tried to get him to show his chest hair, let's, you know, leave some room for the imagination. Yes. The mystery of the body. Modesty. Modesty is key. Totally. Mm -hmm. Before we begin, we would be nowhere without our beautiful patrons. So join uh, the men's patron group. Uh, we've got exclusive things going on over there. We're redoing a couple things as well. We're going to have exclusive access, videos. I just posted a video there today, literally showing myself uh, doing, you know, some physical uh, reps, you know, showing you how to do some workout tips, whatever. You know, some people say that uh, I have a physique uh, like a Greek god. I don't know these people. I literally say that every day. I'm not sure if they exist. I wake up in the morning and I tell Alina, Kevin's physique is that of a Greek god. Exactly. So it's like a pagan. <laughs> we're not pagan. Those are those people. These are us people. That's it. Uh, but anyways, join us uh, at themensshow.com, themensshow.com. And the best place to access themensshow.com is at the Awaken app. So you can get the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. And actually, for this very live stream, we are only taking live chats from the Awaken app. So if you don't have it yet and you're viewing somewhere else, go to theawakenapp.io. There's a beautiful community of you know genuine Catholics that we're all striving to be as holy and faithful to God as we can be. So join us there. There's prayers. There's a music library. There's other shows and show hosts that you can interact with. So uh, go to theawakenapp.io. I.O., join the live chat and have a discussion with us. You can have drinks. We can't because we're doing Exodus 90, but join us at the Awaken app. Yeah, and if you if you do make comments there uh, on the live stream in the Awaken app, we will be seeing them uh, and we will respond regardless of the absurdity. Um, and But I will say this. <laughs> if you're live stream, there it is. That's the feed that's all set and ready for the, for the live chats. And if you are watching on a different platform like Facebook or YouTube and you're like, wow, I want to say this thing, don't do it. Don't bother because we won't see it. Do it in the Awaken app, though. And still comment on there, too, because that yeah, helps you can do the that. algorithm. Yeah, but yeah. make sure to go to the Awaken app. Great place. Great people. Let's get into it. So, gentlemen, today I, I kind of alluded to at the start where, you know, we're going to be talking about some manly stuff, some physical, some spiritual. Uh, Andrew Reinhardt, if you are with us, please pray for us because <laughs> we need your physical spirituality. Uh <laughs> But so David and I uh, were involved in something. We went for the first time a couple weeks ago and we went this past week as well. Uh, and David, first, I, I just kind of, I want to introduce you first. David, tell me in 10 seconds, who is David Ulenhig? <laughs> Can he do it? <laughs> in 10 seconds? No. You got this. The, uh, <laughs> I'm not setting a David timer. Ulenhig, don't worry. Born and raised in Northwest Ohio, right around the corner from these, these fellas. Um, and I'm a faithful Catholic and, and way more faithful in the last few years than I have been the majority of my life. Beautiful. That was actually God. exactly that 10 was, seconds. That was awesome. That was awesome. Good job. <laughs> and, and actually, too, like what I found is, you know, being and uh, just walking with your brothers, it makes you stronger yourself, too. So yeah. we're building each other up. So this thing that we did, you know, the past couple of weeks, this physical activity with a bunch of other guys uh that is you know for our physical health and trying to you know be good men of god um explain to me what that was yeah so we went to f3 which is a, a men's workout group it's fitness oh it's good it's up there on the screen fitness fellowship <laughs> and faith um it's all over the nation the uh, even international i noticed that there's 
groups getting together in Australia and South Korea, uh, not North Korea for some reason. I wonder why. <laughs> Sideswipe on North Korea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that helps the algorithms too, right? The, I think so. <laughs> but it, it's a, a group of men who wake up bright and early. They work out, always outdoors, always led by somebody in the group, ends in a circle of trust. Um, it's an excellent display of, of just what it is to be a man and to yeah. be together. I feel like that's such a fitting thing for you to be a part of specifically because I find you to be, David, in the time I've known you, you always are like trying to rally your brothers in the Lord to like greatness. Um, and I am generally, generally striving for the same, leaning more into the spiritual side of that. Um, just because, you know, I do exercise, especially now with Exodus 90, um, but I don't like get excited about like, I'm just going to go like wreck myself at the gym. And if I'm ever like talking to you about getting together or something, like you're the first one to be like, yeah. And when we get together to chat, why don't we do it at the gym and we can work out while we talk? And I'm just like, what if we meet at a coffee shop instead? You know, <laughs> and I just think it's, it's so great to have, um, you know, you, well, I mean, in general, and I've said this to a lot of people about you, you are just one of the most interesting people I know. Um, and I, I never cease to be surprised and overjoyed by that surprise uh, at like some of the interesting things that I will learn about you or that you'll bring to the table. Like literally, like we met for coffee the other morning and I thought you had a, a Bible sitting next to you the whole time. And halfway through our time at the coffee shop, you were like, you want to play chess? And I was like, what? <laughs> and the whole time he's got this mobile, you know, chess board with him. Anyways, um, people don't do that. No, no, not generally. Uh, in all of my years of coffee shop going, I've never had that happen once. So who won? Did we finish? I don't think we finished it. No, you. Yeah, you did win. I. Just, yep, you won. Was it close? But it was also it was my first time. <laughs> no way. And he told me then. I don't know if he would hold to this. He told me then he was impressed by my performance. Oh, very, impressive. Um, very nice. But anyways, I just appreciate about you, David, uh, and I. I long to emulate in you um, that just, just constant encouragement in in an inv invitational way, where it's not like, hey, you should be working out. It's like, hey, come work out with me. Like the way that you do that so persistently even after years of someone saying no to you like me um and you never give up on people and i, I just i love that and so i when i when i you invited me to join this f3 thing and, and i said no uh <laughs> every single time but um but it's just so fitting and it's such a cool venue to get to invite people into it because there's that fraternal element to it so i don't want to jump ahead and but nick i i was you were you david was here being a great brother in the Lord, inviting me to to try to better myself, mm. right? It was one of my first first times I reached out to you was to go, hey, Kevin, you look like you should enjoy F3. We could check that out. Together. Right? Yeah. Are you and, sure it wasn't like, hey, Kevin, you look like you could benefit from F3? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But he was so right. <laughs> and and really, like, months, I think, like, every now and again, you'd be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come? Like, I used the messaging app on the uh, Awaken. The Awaken You app. did. That's a great use of the Awaken app is to invite your brothers and sisters to better themselves, like either spiritually, you know, Nick, or physically, like David's trying to help us out here. Just to clarify, I am not as holy as <laughs> as he is physically healthy. <laughs> I love that. Drawing that comparison, I felt was a bit not quite hitting the nail on the head, but... Well, you know, you, you can only be as good as you can be. So you got some room for improvement. You know, there we go. But, okay, so in in the like manner, you're inviting me to this place, and I keep saying no, and then all of a sudden I'm like, let's just do it. And then the day that I say, let you know, let's, uh, I'm okay doing this workout with, like, with all these guys at 6, you know, 30 in the morning, outside no matter what, it happens to be, like, negative 4, negative 5 degrees Fahrenheit, Um and for our metric system people, zero degrees Celsius is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So I don't know what the conversion is, but like, <laughs> like 35, 40 degrees less than that. Uh, pretty cold. Uh, can we get image number two up up there, Ethan? <laughs> the conversion five-ninths times Fahrenheit minus 32. That's my face right now, right here. That's my face to what David just said. How how do you know the conversion? <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate. But well, you know, in all likelihood, it's at least close. So the other thing that hasn't been said yet about David is he is an engineer, inventor, 
scientist, uh, like just crazy, cra- basically crazy person would be the yeah. most appropriate summation. Engaged to be married as well. So many things happen. Molly, happening. very, very exciting that you are with her. She's an awesome girl. Yep. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> now is the time to, you know, you know, say how beautiful and everything she is. Like, uh. all right. For you to say that, not us. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> it would be weird. All right. But anyway, so this picture, my beard is not white. I don't know if you could tell that. Like, it was literally frozen. Uh, there's another picture of one of the guys um, in a separate group where, like, his eyelashes were frozen. They were just beads of ice from his eyelashes. So it was very cold, and we had... Uh, basically just a cinder block that was basically an ice block. Uh, and, you know, we're lugging it around, we're lifting it, we're, you know, carrying it everywhere, we're doing curls, we're doing everything. And, like, your hands and your fingers are just completely frozen. Uh, and that was my first experience. And it was great because I didn't want something easy, right? Like, how often does our society say, you know, hey, here's something easy, you should be able to do it. And it doesn't rouse our spirits. It doesn't rouse like the spirit of challenge. Mm. Like I want a challenge. Like I want to be challenged. Like help me with that. And this is exactly what that did. So like just the spirit of like other men walking with other men, trying to build them up and make them stronger. Uh, Like I love being a part of a team. And that's what this did for me. Uh, Even when it was, you know, negative four, negative five degrees and you're holding an ice block like this is what like men I think need to do more of is like rally together and just go and do something difficult. And it doesn't matter what it is as long as you suffer together. What do you guys think about that? Like just suffering together. It's critical. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, having people that, that will pursue greatness together, it, that creates a challenge for, especially with men, right? We challenge each other when you see somebody else, picking up that cinder block and going to the next line mm-hmm. and then lifting it over their head 25 times. You go, okay, I can do that. It, it lets you yeah. know you can do it um, and and gives us a little challenge to do a little bit more, a little bit better. Oh, totally. We can probably drop that graphic, by the way. I kind of like it there. It made, <laughs> oh me look, it made me look cool. <laughs> All right, maybe not. Uh, but literally, like, you know, you would lift the block two times, go to the next line, lift it four times, go to the next line, mm-hmm. eight times, 16 times, 32 times. And this whole time, there's a line of men and you're all struggling, you know, together to reach, you know, what you haven't been able to reach before. Uh, I, I like to get into the societal aspects of these types of things. I know we're just talking about workouts and that that sort of thing, but like, how has our society treated men like for the last maybe few decades like what what do you think society says a man should be right now? Weak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we've seen it. It's it's been a, a very like uh elusive uh subtle message that's been kind of uh okay, you know, I think it started probably more like a covert thing. Um and then it's kind of become more overt. Mm. But like I think back on all of the sitcoms and like, you know, just Hollywood portrayals of family life, family life. And in how many of those cases is the father figure portrayed as this emasculated joke of a person um, in favor of the mother being the one who runs the household and, and you know, is the leader of the family and is the only one that knows the right answers to situations. Um, and it's been portrayed in this comedic environment in in ways that it just is like oh you know it's you don't notice it oh this is just a funny thing but in reality it's it's portraying the uh emasculization of men who should be leading their families to virtue and and leading their families to heaven um and i i have no problem with sitcoms i have no problem with hollywood portraying families but when it's done in just such a ubiquitous uh way where it's like across the board, it's hard to find a sitcom where the man was a strong leader or, you know, so I just, I, I think that those are some of the ways it's been more uh, implicit, more more covert. Um, and then we just see uh, more and more in, in like the this kind of, you know, I, women's lib uh, culture of, of uh, the men have been oppressing women for centuries and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, who do you think voted women's rights into existence? Uh, men, <laughs> you know, like we, we do care and we probably have for a long time. And I think that we've just kind of gotten this weird narrative 
um, that's being shoved down our throats in such an explicit way now, and they're teaching it in the schools. They're te- you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's really tragic because what we're teaching young boys, and and you know, you add to that the dynamic where they're growing up without fathers, so many of them, um, or at least without a father in the household. If it's if it's just a broken family, you know. Um, they just aren't seeing that example of, of true and authentic masculinity. Uh, and anyways, this has become very long winded and I'm no, just going to stop. I, I love where you're going with all of this. Uh, like even, you know, the school system itself. Uh, yeah. and if you just look at the numbers of who's graduating and who's not, yeah. it's something like 60% of college grads are women now and 40% are men. And there's all these disparities. Now disparity doesn't, you know, necessarily mean there could be something wrong. Maybe, you know, there's a, like a cultural issue or maybe, you know, men need to step up, something like that. But I just think men aren't, we're not made to sit in a classroom for eight hours a day and stare, you know, at a book or a screen or, or whatever. Like we need to get out there and we need strong mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's how men learn. Uh, I, I don't know. And I think Hollywood too, like you were mentioning, I think of countless, you know, uh, examples like, uh, modern family, mm-hmm. like the one dad, like he's a bumbling idiot. Uh, the the old dad, Ed O'Neill, uh, he's part of an outdated system, and he only exists to really uh, show how he is wrong, and then how modern society shows you should be. Uh, I was talking about this yesterday on the Daily Saint, and one of our live streamers, Janice, looking at you, you are awesome, said that you know we're just ignorant of our past, and like we're ignorant of it and we are doomed to repeat all the same mistakes that are going to happen maybe in you know new and interesting ways uh but like that's one example i even think you know ed o'neill i think of married with children you know this uh he he's a like a shoe salesman and everyone is just crapping on him constantly right and he he's portrayed as an idiot uh he doesn't know what to do like and it's one of those like flashes of things where you know, occasionally he'll get something right. And it's like, oh, good for him. Like, you know, he, he could do like the most basic thing. Mm-hmm. But then I look back and I'm like, Rocky. Like, I love the Rocky series. Anyone else with me on Rocky? Like, just just this man, a humble man. You got Ethan yelping from the control room. <laughs> Ethan, yes. Like, my brother, let's do this. I, I just think of Rocky, like this humble man. Uh, who's unsure of himself. He's going through all these trials. He's trying to, you know, build himself up to be better for, you know, his bride, Adrian. Uh, He's trying to have a holy family. Mm -hmm. Literally, Rocky II, by the way, is one of the most Catholic movies ever. Like, half of the movie is in the chapel. He's just praying because uh, did I say Adrian? I meant Adrian. Adrian is one of our Adrian (laughs) Adrian is one of our uh, very, very good friends. But Adrian uh, she's just in the, uh, she's in a coma the whole time. So I know I've gone, I've pulled a Nick here, everybody. And I've just gone all, uh, you know, but like, let Hollywood, us know in the comments. It, like, do you have any, uh, examples that you can think of from Hollywood portrayals of really solid masculinity? Um, let us know in the comments if you're, I, yeah. yeah, I think one of my favorites in the, the most recent, because it seems like every time I go to a movie, there's, it's woke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the most recent one I've been to that really impressed me was 1917. Right, it was World well, that's War One. The, the war, yeah. Right, and the it's a it's an image of of <laughs> getting some cues to go into the mic, I guess. Yeah, got <laughs> it. The uh, it's a it's a portrayal of a of a set of men, brothers, right, um, in war, yeah. going across across the whole landscape of World War One, and really just pursuing truth, pursuing mm. greatness, and and trying to protect and serve. And it was a, it's a beautiful display of masculinity. When they meet a woman in need, it's not, it's not a James Bond approach, mm. right? <laughs> they really try to just help and, and then support her and lift her up. And that's, that's something that's missing in a lot of these, yeah. a lot of these modern day films is they're lacking the complementarity of the sexes. Oh yeah. That's right? so good. So the, uh, so it's good. one thing to say it's, they're portraying men all wrong, but they're also portraying women all it's wrong. It's so true, yeah. It, it's yep. because they're trying to portray them as men, and yeah, you know, we we don't have to go too deep into detail about about what what that means, but we've we've lost attention. I love tension. Yeah. Right? The uh, there's good tension in this in this world, and there's bad tension. And when you have two two 
complementarities pulling pulling against each other is this beautiful tension that can happen. Um, and but if you if you've got things going all in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. it gets tangled up. Yeah, and that's where we're at today. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so well said. And I, I, I actually haven't seen 1917, but I really want to. There's some other stuff that happened around that time period that was pretty cool too. I don't know. Does anyone know about Fatima? <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? I don't know. It's pretty Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yes. I was there. That's, you were? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so cool. Maybe we need to do a pilgrimage there. Consider it done. I thought you meant you were there in 1917. <laughs> I, I was. You're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and that, that kind of, what you were saying, David, it like leads me a little into, you know, this is a little bit of an old topic, um, but just, you know, the words toxic masculinity a little mm. bit. Uh, I've heard other phrases uh, tossed out uh, like toxic femininity. And I don't mean to like say any words that are going to upset anyone. You like if you hear certain words like, oh, Kevin said something, uh, you know, just hold on just for a second. Blast him in the live chat. Blast him. All right. Go go ahead and do that. (laughs) Uh, But so, you know, there's all these terms and really I think they're, you know, what are words, you know, really, they're, they're supposed to be representations uh, of what, you know, our thoughts, feelings, what our spirit is trying to convey. You know, God made us embodied creatures, uh, and we're supposed to express ourselves with those bodies, right? But in a holy way. So, words, toxic, like toxic, masculine, feminine, you know, what do these words mean anymore? We're losing a lot of what the meaning of them are. Um, but I really think there can be, you know, versions of masculinity that are toxic, as well as versions of femininity Mm -hmm. that can be toxic. So what is like the answer to that? Uh, How do we become more, what's the opposite of toxic? Like a cure? Life-giving? Life-giving masculinity. Oh my gosh. Virtuous? I don't know. Heroic? No, life-giving because this perfectly goes into like theology of the body. Mm, I feel you. Do you see where I'm going I totally see it. Yep. Pick up what I'm putting down and just go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think, I mean, God said, be fruitful and multiply. (laughs) No, um, I think that in in the truest form, you know, there's this interesting image uh, that I don't know how legit this is. It was told to me uh, many years ago. um, This meaning of this very, very widely, you know, known. image it's the image of the san damiano cross okay so uh, i believe the san damiano cross is the one that saint francis found in the chapel um when when he had uh when he received from god that he was supposed to rebuild the church and he thought god meant like literally brick by brick rebuilding that church but god saint was francis of assisi francis of assisi thank okay. you yeah so i think it was in that chapel are you confirming chapel chapel called the san damiano chapel is that what it, okay yeah I think so. um you could be wrong you're right. I wrong. believe you. <laughs> Let us know in the chat if we need to ask David to never come back. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyways, in, in this image, uh, the way that his abdomen is portrayed, um, there are those who will say that the way his abdomen is portrayed is meant to serve a dual meaning because of the way it's shaped as though it is an erect phallus. Okay. All right. Hmm. And the idea is that it is the ultimate form of masculinity and it is the ultimate life-giving act to die for those you love. Right. And so there is meant to be a death to the self. Like we, um, now again, I'm not saying that that's for sure what that means and all this stuff. But that's just what was told me. I found it to be an interesting reflection, uh, regardless of its legitimacy. It, it kind of leads to interesting thoughts in, in conversation. But um, it is in, uh, like whether it's in marriage or in friendship, in fatherhood, whatever it is, unless we're willing to to die to ourselves for those relationships, it's really not real love. You know, like if I'm friends with someone because I benefit from that friendship in some way uh, versus just loving them 
at that's it. I don't get anything out of it necessarily, although that wouldn't necessarily be a healthy relationship. But like my my concern for that person should just be one of caring for that person and being willing to sacrifice for that person, whether it's a best friend or an acquaintance. Like if, if I ran into someone I barely knew, if I ran into someone I didn't know at the grocery store and saw that they were in need of help, I should be willing to stop what I'm doing and help them mm-hmm. unless there is some other, you know, uh, priority in that moment. But um and so I think that when it comes to life-giving masculinity, um, you know, if you think about life beyond just the literal biological life, but like as a spiritual reality and how, you know, um, if you're kind to someone that you're, you know, we, we so often in life will walk past someone in a hall and like hope to not make eye contact with them. But what if you just totally caught them off guard and did the unexpected and greeted them with a smile? That like I've never done that and someone been weird about it. I I've only seen people's faces light up when you do that. And that is life-giving love. You're willing to b- die to your own uh concern for this s- awkward self-preservation and like, oh, I don't want to get embarrassed or I don't want to do something uncomfortable. Die to yourself in that way and love on this person you don't know. And then it it's just taken all the more deeply in marriage, in in fr- best friendships or just friendships in general, like life-giving love if i if i can fill my wife with life in in the joy and in the peace that she can feel because she she feels like i'm protecting her like i'm i'm loving her like i'm willing to do anything for her that is life-giving love and ultimately that um uh, that authentic and complete disposition of of self-gift is conducive to very life-giving love yes in the conjugal embrace biologically like yes and i I, so this is something i i've thought of a lot too because i think just within the very biology of a woman she understands what it means to give herself up yeah because it's built right into her she has to give her body up for her child uh and like you know god bless you women like you you just get it and that's why so many women are on fire for, you know, the abortion issue mm. because it goes directly against the nature of what a mother is supposed to be. A mother takes care of her child. But on the opposite end of that, uh, for men, I think that men, I see, I, I don't know. I think we need other men to show us what it means to give up our lives for others. Mm. Like women innately get it. But I think we need mentors and other people to show us. Yes, which is why I love F three. <laughs> so, so not to full circle, not to come back to it. Um, but so the last week that we did this, uh, we didn't have a block. Um, but the way in which we worked out together was very like brotherly, uh, and it was very uh, I don't know. It was like mentor ish. Would you say, David? Like where um, you know if you're stronger and you get through the workout uh, fastest, then you go back and you help the weakest person and you do reps for them and it takes reps away from them. Wow. Like how cool is just the the metaphor for that? Like I was, I was moved like spiritually doing this workout. Like mm-hmm. it was a beautiful thing to, to see a man like he, he's running as hard as he can and he comes back and he picks up his brother. Like just the war type of uh analogies from this like are just so beautiful and it just moves my heart mm. working out it's insane to think of it this way that's incredible i'm still not going to do it but that's amazing okay no that really <laughs> is powerful yeah. that's powerful yeah no it was great running down and and getting to the finish line and turning around and seeing because i wasn't the first person but i wasn't the last person and i saw all of these guys running back with the very last person yeah and the uh what a what a blessing that was to witness yeah the uh our friend footloose put on that that workout organized it and and planned it out it's always run by somebody in the group i'm sorry i'm not bad at this it's all right it's all right with this bad with it the uh but it was that's the way they they operate that group and it's a good display of how how we should operate as men yeah i totally agree and maybe uh shifting on to like a lighter type of topic unless not you ready have... yet so okay. actually got a comment here ethan if you could pull up the chat 
Um, this is from my bride who says, I disagree about women naturally knowing how to self-gift. Oh. It was extremely jarring for me to enter motherhood and sharing my body with babies. I think the modern culture is heavily influencing young women and confusing our hearts big time. This is great. This is a huge insight. Thank you, Alina, for sharing this. I, I totally see that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the way that women are trained to see their bodies. Um, yeah. A, if you're if you're coming from a Christian upbringing uh, and it is like has a puritanical influence, your body is bad. The flesh is bad. The spirit right. is good. The flesh is bad. It's a very heretical and dualistic way of seeing the body. Um, and it comes from puritanical Protestantism. That's where that comes from. It is not good. It is not good theology. It is not a good way to see your body. It is unhealthy and very damaging psychologically to see your body as bad. Yeah. Um, so if you're watching this and you grew up with that, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry because your body is good. Um, and, and your body is a part of who you are and God made you good. Absolutely. Um, and so number one, that. Number two, think about how women are trained to use their bodies for manipulation. So their body is not uh, a part of themselves and it's not something to be gifted, but it is something to be um, held over men for manipulation, for mm-hmm. control. Um, and and it's either that or it's constant like repelling of, of so I just, yeah, Alina, thank you for that insight. It's huge. And we can we can see that from the outside, but if, if yeah, these the poor young ladies in this world, you know, they're not witnessing or they're, they're witnessing it, but it's just the very slow and steady manipulation of them. Yeah. Like kind of a grooming in that, in that regard. That's a great word for it, I think too. And it, yeah. it I hate to say that, but grooming is exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. And I, I do stand by what I said where, you know, I do think that innately, you know, in the, in the biology of women, it is built for them whether they like it or not, to give themselves. Oh, right, yeah. Totally. It's, 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 it's like in, in a the, literal way, it's in their DNA. Exactly. Right. But it's the brokenness of yeah. our society. You know, God gave us this beautiful body, right? And just like David said, where, you know, the sexes complement each other. They're like puzzle pieces. We perfectly fit with each other, right? Um, you know, in that way, God made us beautiful. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We are co-creators with him. Mm-hmm. Our love literally creates life just like God creates life. God does create life, right? But Satan takes that clay, like Christopher West says, he takes that clay and he twists it. And our society has done a lot of twisting of yeah. sexual desires, uh, both from, you know, making men weak to our sexual desires mm-hmm. and not being able to control them. Uh, this, you know, is exacerbated yeah. by, you know, masturbation and pornography. Well, um, and then even within marriage, like the women that are in marriages and, and no fault of their own necessarily, to whatever degree they're culpable, I don't know, you know, every situation is different. But like there are so many wives, even in the Christian world, in the Catholic world, there are so many wives who don't understand the theology of marriage, the theology of intercourse um, and and how profoundly sacramental it is and how unifying it's meant to be. And there are these women who will use, even in marriage, uh, as Christians, their bodies to manipulate their husband. Um, and so I'm going to deprive you if you blah, 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 or, you know, I'm angry, so blah, blah, blah. Now, obviously, you don't, you don't, don't get jiggy with it if you're, you know, if you need to reconcile first. But, but the point is that they're like hanging it over their husband's heads. And then what is that doing to the husband's psychology? The husband is like, well, I'm being deprived of this thing that I have a right to. And suddenly it's no longer about the, the mutual sharing of the gift of self, but it's like, uh, I'm going to hold this back because whatever. And the guy's thinking like, I'm being deprived and it's about what he's not getting instead of both of them just thinking about gifting to each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that largely falls on men, right? We let this happen when, when yeah. we didn't follow the, the words of, of Pope, uh, who did Manavite? Uh, Pius the uh, twelfth. Yeah, I think you're right. Twelfth. Pius the twelfth wrote Humana Vitae, and people largely ignored it. Maybe not right away, but over time, we just it made life easier to use prophylactics, right? And there's no. I literally had to look that word up the first time you used it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but it, it that's doing exactly what we're talking yeah. about, where you're giving some of yourself, but not all of yourself, right? Yep. The uh, I'm receiving. 
or she's receiving some of you, but not all of you. Yeah. Right? There's some way that it's being blocked. Mm-hmm. And that is that has come through, you know, what we've, we've made lies of our communication with our body, right? We're lying with communication with our body and that's coming through in, in every way in our culture right now. It's a, a huge source for a lot of what's 100%, going on. 100%. Yeah. yeah, we haven't respected our, you know, innate sexuality because sexuality is something that God gave us. Mm-hmm. And if it's oriented in an orderly, you know, in an ordered way and not a disordered way, mm-hmm. then that's what God wants for us. Yeah. And I, I like Catholics are taking sex back yeah. right now. We're like, reclaiming it. We're re- really reclaiming it. Like sex is a good thing. Like it's freaking great, actually. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, may- maybe I need some. No, never mind. <laughs> we'll have an episode on pointers later. Uh, but no, to David's point, I totally agree. Like going back all the way to the Garden of Eden, like um, wherever you stand, was it a, a literal, you know, there were two naked people in the garden or if you look at it metaphorically, whatever, I'm not asking you to get fixated on that. I'm asking you to look at the message behind what happened there. Men had a responsibility, man had a responsibility to protect their dominion. The 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 garden, the, the world was Adam and Eve's dominion, but especially Adam. And, uh, and he had a responsibility to protect his wife and he didn't do it. Think about this, the, the, the devil who was, uh, portrayed as a serpent in the garden. What was that? A creature. And Adam literally was given dominion over all creatures and he let himself be dominated out of, um, fear and out of not wanting to question his wife and all this stuff. And then, and then look what happened. And all he had to do was say, no, be gone. Get out of this garden. Be gone, Satan. Be gone, Satan. That's all he he had the power to do that, and he didn't do it. It's important to look at where we've screwed up. Yeah, right. Um, but also to pay attention to what is good, true, beautiful, yeah. right. The Song of Songs, mm. placed right there in, in the middle of mm, the talk Old to Testament. Me. Right. Yeah. Go all Barry yeah. White on me for oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that voice. No the. Uh, that whole book, mm-hmm. God is mentioned once in that book. Oh, yeah. Less in passing. Oh, yeah. He's talking about his wife's boobs and he's talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It is It is about God pursuing us. Mm-hmm. Right. The uh, That's it, the imagery that's there. That's always been there. And and us receiving that. And that is a, an mm-hmm. image that it's, there's a duality to it, right? That's this image of God's love mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. but it's also what we should emulate mm-hmm. in our lives. Well, and we've been spiritually castrated. We yes. have, and and you know, you look at that story from the garden again, and 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 taking what the song of song, a song of songs, um, and you think, okay, how do we apply this today? Because uh, we're not in paradise, we're not naked. Thanks be to God, uh, in our brokenness. Otherwise, it would have been great if we were naked. Um, I don't know where to how to fix that. Anyways, so, <laughs> but but how do we deal with that practically? Well. You know, we we need to be strong men of virtue. We need to be pursuing virtue, and in the the pursuing of our wives, also elevating them and protecting them from the evil one. Um, and we can't do that authentically if we are living v- vicious lives, lives of vice. We can't do that authentically if we're living in sin. If we live in persistent sin, unrepentant sin, we have to repent as men of everything and do it often. And when it's necessary, and as often as as is necessary, go to confession. And then when we are in a position to boldly stand um, in front of that serpent and say, get, like, be gone, get out of here. You are not welcome in our marriage. You're not welcome in my home. Uh, Pray over your wife with with confidence. Like literally, Alina and I will pray over each other when we need uh, protection, when we need help, when we need healing. We'll literally... You know, and, and you imagine that as being an awkward thing if you're not used to that type of prayer, but it's powerful for us to have that intimacy of prayer. Um, and and that, that type of intimacy, if you can have that intimacy where you can pray with each other and over each other in, in a powerful and dynamic way, I promise your sex life will be like you've never seen it. And not only that too, but I read some studies somewhere where couples that pray together, like there's like a 2% divorce rate and compare that with, you know, whatever divorce rate you want. What are we at? Like 40, 50 something. I think it's over half. Yeah. Yeah. So like just 
that type of intimacy, like we're starved for intimacy. I mean, you brought up the example of just saying hey to your neighbor, like we're say mm-hmm. like we're scared to even say hi to a stranger, right? And a lot of times our spouses become strangers mm. almost, right? Mm. So what is like a practical first step to someone that's like, okay, I don't have this level of intimacy like with my spouse. What's like step one? How do I start this as a man? What's like a practical step? Do you want to go for it? Okay. Well, for me, um, I, I think that the first step is to repent of your sins. Like I was saying, I think go to confession, get yourself in a good place um, as a man. And when you are of clear mind and of clean spirit, um, talk to your wife about the changes that you want to work towards together. Um, talk to her about what's on your heart and how y- you have abdicated your responsibilities as a man and you want to fix that. And um, it's really easy because we have such a lack of role models. We have such a lack of examples. It's really easy for this to accidentally be communicated because we haven't seen better. Um, to, for it to accidentally be communicated as like chauvinism and like I want to run this house and whatever. Like you you have to have such a pure intention of of protecting your your domain, your family, your wife, your children, protecting, you're serving, yes. right? Servant leadership. Um, wash that, their feet. Wash their, yeah, literally. Honestly, <laughs> literally. if you need to plan a date night with your wife where what you do is literally reenact the washing of the feet to show her, to demonstrate to her, and for it to become a tangible reality, what you want to do, like, freaking do that. Not in a subservient way, but like in like a masculine, like, yeah. like I'm protecting you, like, this is my duty. This is my yeah. job. This is what God wants me to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I think the uh, another thing to go with that is go outside your comfort zone. Oh yeah, right. The uh, if you haven't witnessed it, or if you're just not sure whether or not you're capable of it, mm-hmm. ask ask God. Amen. Right. The uh, where we're called to go outside of our comfort zone. Yeah, we're called to be way more than we think we are capable of. We're called to be more than we are capable of. Mm-hmm. We're called to be leaning on God in order to to pursue greatness. We're made for we're made for so much more. And that comfort zone is so dangerous. It's such a foothold for the devil because if you get intimidated by by stepping out of that comfort zone, you're going to get stopped from so much greatness. A lot of us comfort zone is watching Netflix and letting it roll to the next mm-hmm. the next episode, right? When there's something you could be doing with your with your spouse, yeah. So to your question about first steps, one of the things that I do when I'm involved in helping run like uh, engaged couples workshops or whatever, um, one of the things we do in a session that is actually about the uh, intimacy in prayer is we'll bring a couple, one of the engaged couples, forward in front of everybody. We'll have them sit knee to knee, and we'll have them we'll teach them how to pray over each other. In it sounds. Front. So embarrassing. It, it's no, no, no. You would think so, but it literally. I've never been a part of that demonstration where people aren't crying, where they, that couple, man and woman, aren't crying. Like I've never been a part of it where it does not become insanely powerful because they're invited first to share about what is on their heart, and this is in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's eye to eye, knee to knee, and they're sharing things that they maybe haven't been, uh, they haven't had an open door to share uh, until that moment. And then after they've shared, um, their uh, fiance or fiance uh, are uh, they pray for that intention over them um, in that moment in front of everybody, and we show everybody, yeah, this is hard, but wow, it's powerful. And imagine if you lived your entire marriage with that intimacy in prayer. <sighs> that was a lot. <laughs> I'm just imagining that, and I'm imagining like. Like I'm getting anxious even just thinking that, and my <laughs> wife and I pray together every single day. I, see, my I was like, okay, when I asked, this is why I just asked open-ended questions like that because here's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, maybe read the Bible together every day. <laughs> maybe you know, look at praying the Rosary or something. That's very comfort zone. It's like, no, <laughs> kneel next to each other in a group of strangers, like, and just start bawling and. <laughs> Just like confess your like most wicked things and have well, I, did, I, I literally said nothing of the sort. Just so we're clear. like amazing how my brain goes, but yeah, yeah, so so so. Well, if you happen to be uh, attending the engaged couples <laughs> workshop at St. Tom's in uh, uh, which month are we doing it? May, maybe you'll you'll we'll we'll lead you in that. So 
Congrats. Everyone cancels. <laughs> the fun thing is we ask for a volunteer before the session starts and like nobody knows what it's for. Oh, a volunteer couple. And so now if anyone watches this, they're going to be like, I'm not volunteering. <laughs> Taking uh, notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I want to transition just into like, a you know, just for a couple minutes into like a little fun topic. Uh, so... When, okay, so this is all in the context of, you know, men getting together, trying to build each other up and trying to make each other stronger. So when men get together and first off, should men get together? Is it okay to, for men to have like our own spaces where there's no women? Is that crazy? He man's woman. Wait, are you talking about <laughs> Are you talking about a man cave or are you talking about what do you what do you be specific cuz man caves can get pretty hairy. <laughs> That's a great pun. I just I didn't even think of it till I heard Ethan laughing his butt off in the control room. <laughs> this is true. Okay, that's another episode entirely. That's true. Uh but so oh I, I would just say like can men get together in a group? It doesn't have to be in a cave together, although that sounds kind of cool. Well, if it's an actual cave, that's freaking awesome. There's a bunch of hermits that I've been reading about that are just, <laughs> you know, they live in caves. They're cool. But, like, no, just like, you know, a, a men's group. Is it cool for men's, you know, to get together? Like, is that good for men? Is that good for women? I think it's necessary. Yes. Necessary. Necessary. Okay. We're in agreement. If you're not, you know, okay. But, uh, okay. So, it's okay for men to, to get together. When men get together, fun stuff can happen, right? Sometimes we poke fun at each other, and sometimes we give each other goofy nicknames. <laughs> and that, that's what happens in this F3 group is you're not known by your actual name. You are given a nickname your first time that you go there, and that's your nickname forever. So, David, what is your nickname? Orange Kilt. Why is your nickname Orange Kilt? <laughs> I was wearing orange pants that day. The... Uh... They ask you to get into a circle at the end mm. and describe something about yourself. The uh, they'll ask you fun questions. I think the uh, the best they asked asked you, Kevin, was what's your favorite chick flick movie? Oh, Thank goodness you didn't answer it. I'm like I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> so they ask you a series of questions about yourself, just trying to get to know you a little bit. And out of that, they give you a, a nickname. Usually, there's a little bit of humor around it. Yes. So, the uh, my I was wearing orange pants that day. My favorite movie is Braveheart, so I got called Orange Kill. Uh, I was go Great. literally going to watch that today, and I'm like, "Oh, we're doing Exodus 90. I can't watch it." <laughs> Awkward. And, and so, in a similar way to what Davis was, uh, our other friend Rob Holer, whom you may know, got just the coolest nickname, and I'm so jealous. His nickname, Demon Drop. <laughs> how cool is that so that's great he's from sandusky so if you're not familiar if you're out of the area cedar point like one of the world's best roller coaster places the is the there world's best roller coaster i think yeah it's right. i think it's, it's still there. the best and one of the uh attractions there is demon drop you literally just like get in this box and you just drop was it's gone no way Ugh. it's extinct well now it's awful live on. now i'm sad yeah it lives on in rob <laughs> Well, Rob, you know, if you're watching, this is your torch to carry. Uh, so with mine, I was like, okay, I'm a drummer. Please give me something drum oriented. And they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I do this or I do that. Or, you know, I work with Awakened Catholic. They're like, okay, drummer, Catholic, like, okay, Phil Collins, Ringo, Ringo Starr. But with Phil Collins, a famous drummer, Genesis is the band that, that he was in. And so my nickname is Genesis. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's way too in depth, and I feel that I cannot. No, it's great. It's adequately. It. There you live are up to it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, Phil Collins, so good. Well, that's me. I just spit a whole bunch. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. All right, guys. Well, hey, you know, I, I want to end there. Do you, Do you guys have any other things you want to say about you know men getting together, physical working out? Do it. Out? Do it. And, do if, it yeah. and if you aren't doing it, if you're not even, so many guys are not even connected to a group of guys that it'd be easy to get plugged in like that. Um, what would you guys say um, would be a good thing for that? Because I've I've just like I don't know if it's because I've worked at parishes and and like I've just always known a bunch of people that I could get plugged into. Um, you know, I started getting into my faith at the Newman Center in college, so like I've never struggled with that. Mm -hmm. um, but there are so many guys I know do. Ask David. He will reach out to you <laughs> yeah. every month. He will fly to wherever you, you are and work out with you. <laughs> well, put yourself in a position of the, the person you want to become, right? 
So <laughs> if you want to, if you want to find good, strong male leaders, start volunteering at your church in an area where that's going to be, mm. where those people are going to be, right? Um, it, our PSR classes or whatever, CCD classes. Oh, yeah. parish, like religious education. Parish religious education. Yeah. There's maybe two guys in every parish doing that and 20 women. We right? need more men. We need more men doing that. Go there and the other guy that's there, because there's only one, um, <laughs> start hanging out with him. That's that's a place to start. Yeah. Go be around, you know, be around the pe- people, Do the, start doing the things that's the that the person you want to be around is doing, right? That's exactly right. right. And th- there's a, like, you have to humble yourselves when you first go because you're going to be, you have to be okay with being humiliated. Yeah. And that's a tough thing for our pride, but you have to be okay with that. You have to humble yourself. And then when you get there, just know, like, mm-hmm. God is always with you. Like, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pray for the intercession of your patron saint, your guardian angel. Uh, have I just thought of something. Yeah. Uh, a lot of parishes run retreats, parish retreats. Uh, many of them are gender-based. So if you're a man, there's a men's version of it. Same for women. Uh, some of them are called act retreats. Some of them are cursios. Uh, some of them are whatever. Um, and these are all really great opportunities to, to go on a personal journey and on a communal journey. Like you meet people and there is no better way to develop new friendships than to journey with people through a retreat. Like it is just huge. You, by the end of it, you don't want to leave each other. Um, and and so if you are looking for a way to like quickly inject yourself into a community, like go on a parish retreat. That can really be. A, hopefully, it's a great parish with you know great theology and you know s- solidly Catholic because it could also be damaging if it's not those things. But um, but yeah, go on a parish retreat and open yourself up to suffering. I know it kind of sounds crazy, but if you suffer a difficult task with brothers, Mm. your bonds strengthen. And so we need this type of suffering, and we need to suffer well, and we need to suffer with our brothers. Mm. So let's leave it there. Great conversation, guys. Um, Everyone, if you made it this far in the men's show, uh, like it. Uh, subscribe to the channel, follow us, uh, share it if you can everywhere. We're building a really cool community. We do this every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific uh, for our other friends out there. Uh, but join us, you know, every single week we're doing this. Send us questions. Um, join, you know, the Awaken app.io so you can be part of the live stream um, and just follow us everywhere. Uh, I would love to do some type of men's retreat, you know, the, the type of things that we're talking about, something, you know, tangible that we are helping like physically uh, with our world. So uh, this is, you know, we're just getting started. And if you want to be a part of this, join us at the show.com, become a patron. We'd love for you uh, to join us. So, and we are we like what Kevin just kind of hinted at for a men's retreat hosted by us. Um, we're vac- we're very seriously looking at that. So let us know. Send us a, a direct message, a private message on, on whatever platform you're on. Let us know if that's something that would interest you and what you would hope to get out of it. And today, I literally tried to start a rosary like hike with some people, and then my car died. <laughs> so I'm humbling myself. Like we have to humble ourselves. Things go wrong sometimes, but. We just keep pushing forward. So push forward with us and and join us. Uh, We can't lose if we're all in it together for Christ. So uh, everybody, uh, this has been David Ulenhaik. Can anyone follow you you anywhere? Is there nothing like that? Okay, nothing like that. that. Uh, Nick Delatore, any plugs you want to do? I'm all over the place. AwakenCatholic.org, baby. And follow me at The Daily Word. He's going to be doing later. I do The Daily Saint. Uh, just daily content uh, at the Awaken app that you will love. And he walks through the Bible. I walk through the lives of the saints. It's a great time. So join us there too. I'll actually be doing that later tonight So uh, on a live stream. So make sure to subscribe to that. Exactly. So, hey, you know, I, I'm, and I'm Kevin Jory, the host here. So uh, until next time, everybody, stay manly.